Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. This week's reviewer of the week is Leeliz86. She says, my favorite pregnancy podcast. Thank you. And I'm so excited you're here. She said, still in preconception here. I stumbled upon this podcast when I started searching for meaningful and educational podcasts that fit my hopes and dreams for my first time pregnancy at 36. I love the content. I feel so informed and empowered to make all the decisions, prepare myself to be my healthiest for me and my baby. I absolutely love that there's even episodes helping new dads. I can't wait to sign up for the birth course and love that they cover pregnancy, some preconception health, and birth stories. Determined to listen to every single podcast. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your podcast review. If you guys have not left a review yet, please go do that. Um, You can head to Apple Podcasts. It can be reviewed on Spotify, but all of those things help other women to be able to see all this awesome information that is here on the podcast. Uh, Today, I'm really excited. We've got an excellent guest. Um, I've known her for a couple years now and it just hit me. I asked you how old your baby was and that's what I was like, oh my gosh, the last time I had you on the podcast was like three years ago, you know? Um, But anyways, her name is Shaylee Campbell. She is a certified pre and postnatal fitness trainer. If you have seen, sometimes I'll repost her stuff or I definitely follow her on Instagram. So it's at Shayfit. And if you've seen any of her stuff, I... I love you, Shaylee. She is super relatable. Um, You're fun, spunky, good attitude, super good at like giving you hard information in bite-sized formulas that make it easy for you to be able to do at home. Um, But she's here to share all about fitness during and after pregnancy. And she's pregnant herself, which I think is really fun. So I might ask her about that in just a moment. Um, But you guys know that the first two lessons, the first two things that I teach in the My Essential Birth course are all about nutrition and exercise. And And the reason for that is because it sets you up for the rest of your pregnancy to be in a really good spot to be in charge of in control of your own birthing decisions because it keeps you healthy and low risk. But on top of that, it also makes you feel really good, um, gives you that strength, that power and all of that good stuff that you need moving out throughout pregnancy and into the labor and birth process. So with that, Shaylee, will you take a moment, talk a little bit about yourself, your your baby, your, your pregnancy, all of that and what you do? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm just happy to be here. I was excited when Steph asked me to be on the podcast again because it was forever ago when I, I think it was like right (laughs) after I had Banks or maybe right before. I don't know. But he's three and a half now and he's super fun, very talkative. Steph was just hearing him talk in the background. But um, he, 
is we're expecting another baby in about four weeks. So I'm 36 weeks pregnant and holy cow, I don't know if this belly can stretch more, but <laughs> I'm feeling good. And I do feel like the reason, like probably the main reason I do feel good is I have taken care of myself. And I think that was the biggest thing that I wanted to do when I first got pregnant with my first baby. So Banks, I was about four months pregnant and I told my husband, I'm like, I want to get pre and postnatal certified, not only for myself going through pregnancy, but I wanted to be able to write programs for pregnant women, postpartum women, and be able to educate them um, while educating myself. So I studied, I did a pronatal course. Um, that's their like company name is pronatal fitness and it was awesome and it's been probably one of my favorite certifications I've ever gotten because I am certified like with NASM and personal training and different things but to be able to help women in these brutal stages of pregnancy I mean I say brutal because there's so many ups and downs and I know that some women can't work out and have different things but I think um, me being able to help them through the hard times is something I'm truly passionate about. I think that women, um, we tend to forget like you guys are awesome. We're strong, we're powerful. Um, and we can do so many things and we can stay strong throughout pregnancy. I think in the old days it was really treated as like a sickness and almost like yeah. you shouldn't do anything, <laughs> you know, and Don't lift anything. Yeah, yeah. Stay in bed. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is just so outdated and, I'm glad because I think movement for me during pregnancy has been medicine. I always say movement is medicine. It's not something I'm trying to do because I'm trying to like lose weight or gain muscle. Obviously, those are different goals you have postpartum or in different um, scenarios. But during pregnancy, it just makes you feel good. It's a stress relief. For me, it's mental health. I think women go through so much and they need like an outlet. And for me, exercise has been something that I'm passionate about and I love sharing and helping other women do as well. So, yeah, and that's exactly why I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Will you take a moment and maybe talk about the benefits of exercise during pregnancy? I, I'll start kind of with the pregnancy stuff and then I want to move into the postpartum, but take a moment and talk about that. Yeah, um, it can obviously a couple points that like Steph pointed out is it can lower like risk for like injury and different like obviously health issues. It can keep like your your blood pressure, you know, I mean at a healthy healthy um I don't know what I'm trying to say at a healthy level and it can also like help you maintain a healthy weight throughout pregnancy. And I'm not saying like you need to gain or lose or whatever. There's no like obviously I hate putting labels on things and saying like, oh, you can only gain so much weight or be worried about gaining because I hate that. I don't think I think everyone's different and everyone carries their baby yeah. different and which you need to recognize that because I think some people can get offended and think, oh, I gain a lot of weight, you know, and that's just different bodies, different body types. But exercise, I think, can definitely help and benefit you in more ways than you think, as well as your baby. Like when I studied my prenatal course, it always like had all these tons of benefits, not only for the mom, but for the baby as well. It can help their respiratory systems and things like that. I actually tried to go natural with Banks for like 25 hours 
most incredible experience. I would have kept going if I could have, but my pelvis just wasn't opening, unfortunately. But I truly think Banks being in my belly and me taking care of myself and exercising throughout pregnancy, it was never an emergency C-section because his heart rate was always strong and always beating super strong. And I feel like it's due to, I mean, how active I was and yeah, I'm not saying you have to go run and do a ton of cardio, but just moving your body and being able to take care of yourself that way, it can benefit the baby as well. So, yeah. Do you have some like baseline ideas or um, goals that you have your moms do where you're like, you should be moving your body this much, so many times a week? Or what does that look like for moms that are pregnant? Um, I feel like anywhere from I mean, for me, I like to do some type of movement, like pretty much Monday through Friday. I mean, and even Saturdays, just because I feel like if I can move, especially in the later stages when you get so big and you're just like, I can't even sit here anymore because sitting <laughs> for me is uncomfortable because my belly's so big. But I would say at least three days a week um, if you can, I mean, because I know some people are sick and have struggles that way. But I feel like, especially first trimester, and again, this can be different for everyone, but once I would wake up in the morning, feel that nauseous feeling, I would make sure I would eat something and then I could go to the gym and kind of move. And movement helped me kind of ease the nausea, if that sounds silly, but it did. And I've had a ton of my clients say, like, honestly, when I get moving and get up, it, you feel a little better. So... Yeah. And I remember you saying that for your next for your last pregnancy. I think I had asked you specifically about like nausea and stuff and you attributed it to eating healthy and moving your body every day. And I think that's huge. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I have to assume there's there's days when I mean, I assume because every time I see you on Instagram, you look so happy and you're always working out. But I assume there's days where you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do this today. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so you what do you do? Like, how's what is the mental? What are what are you saying to yourself to get yourself out the door and moving? I think for me, because it is so hugely mental, like I can be a better mom, I can be happier, you know, because it is like a stress relief. So I'm like, if I get up and get moving and get my workout done, I can have a better day. Like it kind of starts my day or it, or if you're like going all day, and you still haven't gone to the gym. And then you're like, oh, I need to do something or go for a walk or walk on your treadmill or whatever it is. I think as soon as I do that, it helps my, I mean, endorphins are the best, right? <laughs> right. So <laughs> yeah. I think for sure, just knowing that I'll feel better after um, is a huge thing for me. Yeah, I like that. Um, I know a common question that I hear from moms all the time is, if I haven't done any kind of exercise or I haven't been exercising for a long time before getting pregnant, am I able to jump in? And what does that look like for me? Yeah, I get that a lot too. Um, obviously, I'm not a doctor. So I do always say, ask your doctor first um, because that's obviously the safest. Best way to start is ask your doctor. Um, but I don't think... I think... A while back, it was like, oh, if you weren't exercising before, you shouldn't just start exercise. But I don't think it can hurt. I think it can only help. And maybe it's just you start walking or doing some type of movement like one to two or one to three times a week, like I said, just to 
get your body moving. And I'm not saying like jump into it and start lifting all these heavy weights and get on this, you know, huge strength program. But even starting with basics as far as like learning how to train your pelvic core and doing simple breathing exercises and things like that, because those little things can help with like the pregnancy injuries, aches and pains that can come with pregnancy. And I feel like this pregnancy, I've really tried to focus and educate myself on more of like the stretching and avoiding like injury and doing things that help like lower back pain and pelvic floor tightness and things like that because I did struggle with that with banks. All I focused on was a strong pelvic floor and that's what I got because <laughs> that <laughs> pelvic floor didn't want to budge. But um, so knowing that you can start small with like breathing and pelvic floor things and strengthening it there because it's harder than you think to strengthen those inner core muscles. Like it is a workout and it but it can benefit you like in so many ways and it's so good for you. So, yeah. And I know that you teach that in your programs and, and I've seen it for pregnancy and you teach it for postpartum, which I think is really important um, for those who are listening since it is a podcast, even though we've got some video on right now. Um, how could you describe something that women could do starting today to engage or even understand what that motion is, um, kind of the relationship between breath and pelvic floor or what you have them focus on um, within your program to help, I don't know, understand that area and maybe do something about it even now. Yeah. Um, I always start with like from the beginning, it's like basic breathing. So you can either do it laying on your back or sitting on a chair. I think sitting on a chair is super helpful because you can sit up on the edge of your chair and find the like different areas of your pelvic floor. So like you sit on a chair and you can like lean forward and fill the front of your pelvic floor. And then that's like almost like you're going to stop your pee, you know, like those muscles. And then if you lean back in the chair and kind of fill those back pelvic muscles, it's almost like you're stopping yourself from like passing gas or something. So it's those back muscles of the pelvic floor. And then if you put your hands underneath, like on those like um, sits bones, you can fill like the sides of your pelvic floor. So I always say like I kind of have them start like in a chair and finding all areas of your pelvic floor first and understanding that there's, I mean, it's, it uses all those muscles in your pelvic floor. And then going into the breathing, like the 360 breathing, TVA breathing, all those things. It's like your pelvic floor, your transverse abdomenes, um, your diaphragm all working together to do that breath and movement. So when you're inhaling, you're inhaling and expanding all the way through those rib cage, like through your rib cage, belly will kind of like expand as well. But you're focusing on those ribs expanding 360 degrees. And then when you exhale, it's not just sucking in or like kegeling is what a lot of people say. It's your exhaling and engaging all the way from the bottom of your pelvic floor. And you want to think of a zipper zipping all the way up through your core. So it's like, I always like to say, think of, I think I use two analogies, but think of a tissue laying flat, like on a table. And if you were to grab like the middle of the tissue and pull up, all four sides of the tissue is going to pull up together. And that's what you want your 
um, inner core to be doing because it is your core canister. It has to work together in order to get that inner core engagement and um, movement all going. Another way would be like you're picking up a blueberry, so like a tiny blueberry with your lady parts, and then you're pulling it up. It's like a crane that picks it up from the bottom because it is that tiny, I mean, inside muscle you have to focus on. So it is, and it takes a lot of practice, but I do like really break it down from the basics all the way through in my pregnancy and postpartum guides because it is so important. I think a lot of times people are like, oh, are you just sucking in or you know, squeezing or <laughs> I'm like, no, not really. So it is, it sounds a little more complicated, but I think the breakdown and just doing it over and over, um, can really help. So, yeah, no, it takes a second to understand. Yeah. Like what's happening down there and am I actually engaging it? And yeah, yeah. Takes a minute. Um, we also had, and I really appreciate that because I love when women can leave these podcasts and have something that they can work and focus on. Um, but I do you have, I don't know, I want to get into the questions that I asked the community and um, they had a lot of questions for pregnancy, but I'm also curious about um, for women that are getting started like just now with pregnancy or for women who have been training before. And we know that pregnancy kind of changes the way that you change that you train, particularly as your belly gets bigger. Um, do you have specific tips for moms that are listening for like how to work out and train safely? Yeah. Um, I, again, in my programs, it kind of starts out with, cause obviously like your first trimester, if you don't really have a belly yet, things don't really change as far as your workout routine. So this pregnancy, I actually added like 40 weeks of workouts with me on my app. So it's like every day they have a workout to go follow. Um, but I kind of started it at like that. I can't remember exact number. It's on my guide, but I think it was like 13 weeks pregnant or like kind of more towards the second trimester is when you kind of start to change things because you have that growing belly and you want to avoid any abdominal, like added abdominal pressure with things. So as far as like laying on your back, if things like hurt, and again, if anything does hurt, cause it can be at different stages for women, I always suggest don't do it and find an alternative or I'll give them an alternative in the program. Cause I think sometimes I'll say things and people are like, well, what if we can't do that? And it's like, well, I'm trying to help everybody, but like, obviously <laughs> you have to be the judge of your own body. Cause I can't feel what's going on in your body and everyone's different and changes at different stages, but just knowing like when to like maybe use an incline when you're laying on your back or when you can't lay on your stomach anymore, you're going to do a standing dumbbell back row or things like that. Like you're not going to be laying on a bench anymore. Um, like pull-ups, um, obviously you can, I mean, you can do pretty much anything your whole pregnancy, but I always point out if there is any abdominal pressure, coning in your belly or things that are going to injure you in the long run, you probably want to find a modification and do something else besides like a heavy pull-up or something. So, yeah. And now will you explain why you're saying abdominal pressure? Like, what is the problem with abdominal pressure? Yeah, so um, added abdominal pressure causes the coning in your stomach. And obviously, during pregnancy, 
everyone does um, experience a little bit of ab separation. It's normal. And it's normal even postpartum because obviously if you could see my belly right now, you'd be like, wow, I don't even know how it's going to stretch anymore. <laughs> but um, being able to avoid any abdominal, like added abdominal pressure as much as you can is so helpful because when your belly starts to cone, those like the pressure is pushing against your core and it's creating like a more severe separation, obviously in the near future. So I do a lot of times teach, well, I do in my program, teach that um, whenever you're doing an exercise, you want to engage your core first and then do like the exercise. Or like if you're doing a back squat or something, as you go down, so I always say inhale and then exhale on the effort. So exhale and engage on the effort. So when you're standing up in that squat, you're engaging that core so that you can avoid the coning or abdominal pressure, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to dive into a couple of questions that we got from the community because I love when we can answer them personally. I think that's so fun. Um, I had a mom ask, how can a mom with a high BMI lose weight safely during pregnancy? Oh, yeah, that is a good one. I'm, I'm going to be put on the spot here, right? <laughs> Just kidding. I know, no pressure. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, I obviously like food and nutrition can be huge because that's with anything with um, even a regular person. Like obviously to change like your weight or to see more results, you want to be able to control what you're eating and I hate the word diet, but like that's the only word that explains it, like having a healthy diet. Um, I have and I do macro plans for pregnant women. I never really put them in a deficit, oh, though. I, love that. I do more of like a maintenance and just maintaining a well-rounded, balanced diet. And I've always been one with macros. I like to create a lifestyle with it because it is more about changing your lifestyle habits. And of course, that first trimester, it's like, give me all the saltines and like spray zero <laughs> that you can, because you just don't want to yeah. eat anything. And women panic. They're like, I've eaten so many carbs. And I'm like, it's okay. I mean, it's fine, but still try and get that protein in when you can. Um, but yeah, so I love helping pregnant mamas during um, pregnancy with their macros and things because food is fuel and it can only like help you. So yeah, I would say diet for sure. Yeah, I agree with what you said. Um, it, like not doing the deficit. That's not you're not looking to let necessarily um, lose weight in that way. But if you have a higher BMI, it's likely that if you lean towards those healthier choices and watch your macros and and do like a normal amount of or like a more average amount of calories versus maybe what you have been eating or choices you have been making that you'll naturally actually see some of that even as you're growing your baby. So totally just I mean, be more conscious on the, mom and the BMI and all of that stuff. But yes, totally. Right. Yeah. And pregnancy, if there is one time that that it really I don't know, I, I assume it's the same. It was definitely this way for me for a lot of moms that like it's one thing what I do to my body. But when I'm growing a baby, I'm like really, really conscious about what I'm putting in my body and much more careful because I've you know, you've got that like guilt of like, oh, I don't want to ruin this cute little thing in there. So, yeah, pregnancy, I think, is the catapult sometimes to like get us into the next stage of being healthy ourselves postpartum and for our children. So that's really awesome. Um, there's a question, when should I start labor specific moves? 
I'm not totally sure if she's asking about like birth stuff because I feel like I can answer that question for her or if it's like the later pregnancy, maybe she's asking about the like second, third trimester. When can I start the like I'm getting bigger moves? Yeah, I mean, I like I said earlier, this pregnancy, I've really focused third trimester on stretching, lengthening, relaxing my pelvic floor because I'm very good at engaging and I have a strong inner core. But this time I've really focused on doing more like stretching of my pelvic floor and my hips and things like that to prepare for labor. So I would say probably the best time is like third trimester and then obviously late third trimester just when you're getting ready for birth. But I'm sure you can add to more closer to labor things. But yeah, yeah that's no, kind of what I I've been great. so focusing yeah. on. Well, and especially that pelvic floor um, area like you're talking about. One thing that I I noticed as a doula, but also just personally, when and maybe you, you kind of mentioned the same thing about like you had focused on your pelvic floor and it was so strong and stuff. Um, when we are really good at exercising or being strong in different areas of our body, a lot of times we keep that pelvic floor area tight. And so when our mind is not connected to it, we can't release it when it's time to relax and push and allow baby to come down or the cervix to open. So that practiced meditation um, and physical preparation, I think, is super big as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. You have to have patience in labor, too. <laughs> so, like, taking the time to stretch, because I'm not, I mean, we don't want to stretch usually. But taking that time, I think, can train your mind, like, okay, I have to hold this for <laughs> however long. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I know labor's the hard part because we're so good. And especially I would assume someone like you who's like really active and like I, I'm a go-getter. I go do these things and then labor, you're like, and I have to do nothing until it's time to push, you know, For let's get out of the way. 25 hours. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sending you good birthing vibes. Thank I know you. I'm going to assume this next one is not going to be a 25 little bit quicker, hours. Right? I can't wait to hear the birth story. It's going to be so you. good. <laughs> okay. She says, I have an active job. What are some recommendations on how much to exercise at home? So somebody that's pretty active at their work. Okay. Um, obviously, I don't know what she does, but I would say for sure try and do like some like get dumbbells at your house because I think strength training, like a lot of women are like, really? You want to strength train when you're pregnant? But being able to be strong like during labor and delivery too and during your pregnancy is only going to benefit you. And strength training is like so good for women it like can benefit you in so many ways in your life. Like it helps you avoid osteoporosis, like things like that, like having strong muscles and strong bones. So I would for sure say like, if you're pretty active at your job on your feet a lot, walking a lot, whatever, I would say try and do some like weightlifting at home, just like even with dumbbells, because simple things like that. And then I would for sure focus on like stretching and doing exercises Cause you'll probably, I mean, she probably gets like lower back pain or I don't know, things like that when you're so going all the time pregnant. I know. Um, I think of like nurses and they're on their feet for 12 hours and yeah. you're like, yes, you're active and you've got some cardio in there. But I think what you're talking about is really important. And especially as you're growing a baby, that strength training, because those ligaments and that relaxing, everything just kind of like moves and um, stretches really easily. But the strength training, I think, is super important as well. Totally. 
Um, here's another one. What core exercises are recommended to keep your middle strong during pregnancy? I think that's a great question because you talked about making sure you're not coning the belly, but what can you do to strengthen that? Um, I wrote, so this pregnancy, wow, this pregnancy, I've done a lot more. I don't know if it's just second kid, you're like, let's do this. <laughs> but um, I wrote like a four week pregnancy kind of ab challenge thing because I do an ab challenge with like other not pregnant clients. Um, and it just focuses on your core and strengthening your core. So this time I did write one of those. Um, <clears throat> but it is obviously way different than crunches, sit-ups, plank holds, things like that. But there is alternatives as far as doing plank holds. But you do a reverse plank or you do an elevated plank. But again, knowing how to do that breathing first. Because in this program, I teach that. Like you need to know... And I break it down and like I'll explain it in the description, like make sure your inner core is engaged first and then you get into this position and do this, whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, there is still tons of core movements you can do. It's just knowing how to do them safely and knowing that your inner core needs to be engaged as well as like working your core. It's more important to work your inner core just so you don't, obviously do that coning thing. So yeah. Okay. When you're talking about the 360 breathing, is this the one where like, I feel like I see this all over the place where women like breathe out and your belly looks so big and then you breathe in and it looks like the baby goes away and you're like, you were just six months pregnant. What happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is like that inhale and exhale and it kind of like engages like your whole core. I did a video of my husband and little boy. They pretended to pop my belly and I think we're gonna try and do oh, it. Oh I think when I I'm, saw that one. <laughs> when yes. I'm like forty weeks pregnant and do it again just because I can still like kind of do it. It's kinda wild. But yeah, so it is like those deep, deep inner core muscles that can kind of like hug. I almost like to say it you hug your baby. So it's like an inhale and exhale of hugging your baby um and engaging that inside out, I guess. So that's awesome. It's not like sucking in. It's but that's what people think. They're like, "Wow, did you just suck in that baby?" I'm like, "Well, kind of, but not really." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna see if I can find that post and attach it okay. to the show notes because it yeah, does. Yeah. It looks so cool. So yeah, funny. that's really neat. Yeah. Okay. Last one for pregnancy. Are there any exercises that can have a negative impact on your pelvic floor? Ooh, I've never really thought about that. Um, I would not. I wouldn't really say like negative. I feel like from my experience with my first, I think when I was just focusing on strengthening my pelvic floor and not really the relaxing portion, I don't think that really worked in my favor because obviously my pelvis never really opened. I mean, my doctor told me I had a gymnast type pelvis, but I'm sure people have heard that before. But because I am a smaller person, but I think for sure if I would have worked my pelvic floor and focused on the relaxing and lengthening of it in my first pregnancy, I think I would have benefited more. So I think it can have a negative impact if you're not doing both, I guess is what I would say from my experience. Yeah. So. Okay. I like that. Yeah. 
Um, okay, let's talk about postpartum just okay. for a minute. Um, obviously, we know the general recommendation is to wait until six weeks postpartum. Um, I have seen women that get started a little bit earlier. I think it's probably just listening to your body and starting off slow, but I'll let you kind of comment on that if you have anything to go along with that. Um, when women start to jump back in, and you did talk about I, it's going to be back to the breathing and all that core work and stuff. I think you can start doing that right away, but as far as exercises go, it's probably a little bit different. Do you have some favorite exercises or things that you have moms focus on when they're jumping back into working out or getting to working out for the first time after they have their baby? Yeah. Um, so my postpartum core recovery guide, I wanted to create it because <laughs> I'm sure we all go through this and I know some go through it more. But with my first baby, I like had banks and I didn't really because I'm like a happy person. I'm not like... I don't get like anxiety or depressed or anything. But after I had banks, I was like, oh my gosh, this postpartum like darkness and like depression is like real. I'm like, I got to get out of the house. I got to like do something for myself because I think a lot of times women, we get so caught up, like it's all about the baby and it's, but you have to take care of you too. And you have to remember that you are just as amazing as this new perfect human, you know? So I was super passionate about it to create a program that could help women through those like six weeks because I feel like that's the hardest time after you have a kid um, to kind of find yourself again. And so in my program, I kind of teach to do like affirmations and things like that and find yourself again and start with the simple breathing because maybe just taking a second or five to ten minutes with yourself and not have to worry about anyone else is so important because finding yourself again and knowing that you're strong and that you're capable of doing like what you want to do. Um, it's important. And so that's what my program, I really wanted to focus on that and help women through those six weeks. Um, but again, like the exercise side of it, it does start with the simple breathing. And again, like Steph said, like, obviously you be the judge and I did have a C-section, but I was very active during my pregnancy. So I feel like I was probably going on walks with like supported belly bands and things um, like a week to a week and a half postpartum. And I know that so you're probably like, wow, that's crazy. But I did feel good. And I obviously was safe and um, I was the judge of what was going on with my healing process. And then again, I was doing the breathing and just simple. Like it wasn't like the extreme, like really engaging my core, but it was just finding those muscles gently again by doing those simple seated or laying on my back um, breathing exercises. And for me, that cleared my head. It helped me as far as the postpartum <laughs> blues go and all that, those things. So yeah, but I mean, it is different for everybody, but again, you just have to be safe and ask your doctor and you be the judge and don't let other people judge you because people will have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, do people have opinions, yes. especially when you start having kids? Yeah. Yes. So um, I love yeah. that you talked about like the supportive bands and stuff like that, because I think what a lot of new moms do not realize, I know 
even everybody telling me, you know, didn't connect. Once you have that baby, that your midsection, even if you've worked out, is just mush. Like all of your organs and stuff, there was a baby in there and it was all spread out and now it's just sitting there. Um, so even even if you felt like you had a core before or like I joke, you know, after I had my baby and I bought like a, it was an exercise boot camp, like a six week thing that I was going to do postpartum. I had a cesarean. I think it was week five or six that I started jumping back in, you know, and one of the first things it has you do or maybe not one of the first, but I remember at some point, like it had you do a push up, and I went to go do a push up and I fell flat on my face. And I was like, what just happened? Like, why can I not, you know, I've Did never I had an out? issue with this. Yeah. And so um, your body is just so different after yeah. having your baby. And it kind of like, at least for me, it felt like it just stripped me of like, there went my my cute little butt and like a lot of my muscle strength. And it was so interesting, um, even feeling like I had some of that during pregnancy. But once I had that baby, everything is that recovery can be a little rough. And so things like belly binds or supportive belly bands, um, things like that can really help. And I, I'm glad that you shared that because if you are doing that exercise, even walking, you know, a week and a half post cesarean, then having that support makes a, a huge difference. And you're going to feel more like yourself, kind of like those things need to be pulled back in um, while you're doing those things. And it'll cause, you know, it'll be a safer way to do that. So for sure, yeah, that's yeah. really important. Okay, I have some questions for um, postpartum as well from mom. So the first one I have is, how can I lose weight postpartum while also making sure not to affect my milk supply? Yes. So I get that question a lot. Like, how do I um, lose weight postpartum but not lose milk supply? Um, So I felt very lucky with Banks. I was able to nurse really easy. He loved to eat. He was so chubby. He would nurse till he fell asleep. Like it was just really easy for me. <clears throat> but I really did focus on like still eating enough. I like to say eating enough because I don't think like you need, I mean, there is like some people will say there's a certain amount of calories, but again, I don't because it's different for everybody. Like obviously if I was doing someone's macros, it would be different for their body and I would do it for their numbers. But I think just making sure you're eating, like I would eat every time Banks would nurse or like something like that, because making sure your body's fueled in order to fuel your baby's body is so important. I also drink tons of water. I think um, staying hydrated, things like that um, can really help. And I think you just kind of forget like, because it is such a stressful time, but making sure you're taking care of yourself and fueling your body can, I mean, it's going to help you. And you're not like straight, like you can't be stressed about it. Like if you can kind of find that balance of like, oh, I need to eat for myself too. It's actually going to benefit you to eat more instead of eat less. Because most people are never eating enough. And I experience that when I'm writing regular macro plans for clients. Like they're like, oh, I need to eat that much. I'm like, yeah. And then they start to see changes in their body. Like most of the time we are under eating as far as what our body needs, like proteins, fats, carbs. Um, so it's pretty incredible to like see something. They're like, wow, I've lost like this much weight or I've lost inches here or here. It's because they're eating enough and fueling their body. Like food is fuel. It shouldn't be the enemy. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my two cents, I guess. I like that. Um, what should a mom do when they still look pregnant, even one, two or three plus years postpartum? Um, I would say 
find a, because it probably is like their inner core just needs some like help. Like it may, because most of the time, like, especially um, after a baby, I think women think like, oh, I need to just start doing crunches again or hollow holds or plank holds. And they don't know how to like train their core from the inside out. So finding a program, and I do have my postpartum core recovery program. That's why I always suggest that first. So finding a program that heals your core from the inside out and doing it the right way is going to help you um, get rid of that. I mean, and it's obviously it will take different time for everybody. And I'm not saying it's going to be this magic fix. But if you know how to like train your core from the inside out and heal it correctly before jumping back into those crunches. Cause maybe like you do have ab separation, but you don't know and you start doing those, it's going to just create more coning and more separation of your abs. And then your ab strength is going to be shot, you know? So I think yeah. finding a program yeah, that, that can help you. So how long is your um, core program? Um, it's kind of just a six week one, but it gives them like, a core workout to do. I think it's like five days a week and some days oh, wow. it's like That's simple awesome. breathing, you know, but it's just so, taking and them with that, baby that sets. sounds like it heals the, the diastasis mm -hmm. recti as well. Right. Yeah. Yep. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's another one. How can mom work her way up to increasing workouts postpartum? I'm six weeks and my bleeding is picking up after starting light exercises. Obviously, Talk to her doctor first, kind of figure out what's going on is what I always say, just because I'm not a doctor. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, if she's bleeding like a ton, I don't know if I would do certain things that are causing that, like maybe focus more on upper body and like core strengthening things still, because maybe her body's just taking longer to recover, you know, or heal. Um, and there's no, there's, I always like to say there's no race, there's no timeline, there's no, you have to bounce back. I think I get that a lot, like, oh, all these fitness influencers just bounce back. You don't even look like you had a baby. It's like, mm, you don't, you know, like, don't, there's no, there's no race and everyone's different. Um, so I would just make sure you're not overdoing it because it would only hurt in the long run. Like make sure you're just easing into it. Even if that does mean you have to step back a little um, and just pick up more like walking or doing things that aren't as, I guess, drastic as far as like jumping back into strength training and hit and all that. So yeah. Um, it's funny, that kind of leads me into my last question, though, of like, what would you say is like, how long until someone gets their body back? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a really common question. I know, right? It totally is. Um, that seriously, it's like, I can't even put a number or a time on that. Because honestly, even for me, like, I remember I started, like, I kind of worked with a macro coach after I had banks. So that was like three years ago. Cause I'm like, I want to learn even more about macros just cause I love like education. I'm like, knowledge is power. Like I'd love learning and getting certified because I want to have the knowledge to help other people. I think it's scary when people don't have <laughs> an education or knowledge and then they're just telling you to do all this stuff. I would never say to do anything if I didn't know. 
Um, so I wouldn't really put a time limit on it, but I would say focus on your own journey because in the long run, like even if it does take you say one to two years and someone else, it takes them quicker. It doesn't matter. Like, I mean, everyone's different and that's, what's cool is everyone's unique and has their own journey. And I don't know, you're beautiful the way you are, you know, like that sounds cheesy, but it's like, everyone deserves to feel strong in their own way. And you'll see results when it's, when the time has come. And if you're committed and you have goals, you'll reach them. You just have to have patience because patience is the hardest thing, especially in today's society. We want things so quick and so fast and people want quick fixes and, you know, but that's not real life and it's not going to benefit you in the long run. If you do a quick fix, you're going to maybe, oh, I'm skinny for this long or I went on this diet for this long, but then as soon as you get off it, it's going to come right back, you know? I mean, create a, I always like to say that's my motto. It's always been create a lifestyle because that's what's going to, that's what's going to help you in the long run. It's not just a short fix. It's a lifestyle and you can always um, reach your goals and there's no time limit, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Shayla. This is this has been awesome. I love that you've been able to answer very specific questions for some of our moms that have been listening and following along. Um, I think you are a wealth of information. And if it's okay with you, I'd love for you to talk about maybe the programs that you offer really quick, where people can find you. And then really quick for those who are listening, um, I think this episode will actually air pretty quickly because you've got a deal going on um, for the last four weeks of your specific pregnancy. You are offering, is it 15% off of all of your programs? Mm -hmm. Okay. And the code for that is all caps pregnant 15. I'll have all this in the show notes so that you guys can click directly to all of her stuff. um, Get it and use that coupon code. Um, But where can people find you? Yeah. So like Steph said, I'm on Instagram at shayfit. So it's just S-H-A-Y-F-I-T. And then I do a little on like TikTok and all the things, but my main stream of, I feel like social media is Instagram. I post tons of helpful videos on there. I love educating women and helping there as well. And I have posted tons of pregnancy content this pregnancy. So if you want to check out my page, it's just at ShayFit. You can always send me DMs. I do my own DMs, everything. I run my own business. So you'll be talking to me, not just some random (laughs) helper. So you can always DM (laughs) me. I love, um, I try to get back to them as quickly as I can. Um, and then my website, I think Steph will put that in there too, but it's just shafit.mykajabi.com. And that's where I sell all my online programs that work on my app. Um, and it's just my Kajabi app that I use for all of my programs. But I sell, I always say my complete pregnancy guide is the best one to get because it includes all of my pregnancy guides and my postpartum core recovery all in one bundle. Seems like a lot up front, but it's the biggest bang for your buck because you get everything. And right now, like Steph said, it's 15% off. So, and you keep it forever. So it's yours to use. But I mean, it includes workouts for a second, third trimester. I all, and then, like I said, I did the 40 weeks of workouts this pregnancy that you can follow literally week to week. Um, it goes over 360 breathing pelvic floor, all the things. I have YouTube videos in there that you can watch that like slowly break it down. 
Um, and then my postpartum core recovery guides in there. My pregnancy ab challenge guide is in there. So it's got a ton of, like, I'm probably missing other things in there as well. Um, I do put even like supplement things that I recommend. Obviously I always say, ask your doctor first, but, um, just healthy supplements that I, that have helped benefit me in my pregnancy, um, things like that. And then again, I do sell them separately. So I do have like the pregnancy app challenge separately or the postpartum guide separately. I do have one bundle that's really cool. It's like my pregnancy app challenge and my postpartum core recovery guide in one bundle so that you can work your core and help your core during pregnancy and postpartum. So if you just want to really focus on that, you can get that one. Um, but yeah, kind of lots of options, I guess. And you can even <laughs> do just the just the workouts. Like I have just the 40 weeks of workouts on sale separately as well. But again, the complete pregnancy guides, the biggest bang for your buck. So, but yeah. Well, it's awesome. I, I mean, I am not pregnant and I haven't been pregnant <laughs> since I found you. But when I found you, I was like, I love Shaylee. She's so good. So <laughs> Pregnancy, postpartum. Awesome. I have attended a couple of her classes. Maybe yeah. one. Maybe I attended yeah. one. Maybe two. Anyways, it was back. awesome. And so, yeah. yeah, if you're local, if you're local to Shaylee yeah. in St. George there, you should definitely go check out her gym too. Yep. But yeah, I, thank you so much gym. for your time today. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> I know. yeah, it's awesome. And I will. I'll put all the links in there so that, that people can find you. So check out the show notes for this episode for those of you that are listening. But Shaylee, I greatly appreciate your time. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. That's it for this week. But make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.